0: Right, Chris, uh, we're going to talk about something that I know is very close to your heart here. You're extremely passionate about. It's not the face of the new BMW M3, which I know you've declared your love for now on social media.
1: Although I'm starting to have that awful... Oh, is it not that bad? I had it this week for the first time. I just saw that dark green one doing the slides in the snow and I thought... Basically, it's... if you keep it in a
0: very, very dark colour, which hides all the nasty bits, it looks quite good. <sighs> yeah. But anyway, we're I... not going to talk about go on, that. No, on, go on, No, on. no, we get, it, I, I want to talk about the 9 9/11. Um, oh, happy to talk about that. Yeah, the future of the 911, is it in doubt? Mm, because, mm. so they sold a, a boatload of Taycans last year, 20,000 Taycans, 35,000 911s, but that's gonna that gap's going to close. Are you um, sure about that? Well, they, they were still ramping up I've production have the I've Taycan. heard that
1: initial Taycan sales were stratospheric, Yeah, but they tailed off after a bit. So right. they had a big spike and then it's now on the wane, not on the wane, but I think it's leveled off a bit Okay. because the early adopters, a lot of people were waiting for this car. A lot of good Porsche customers with cash went, I'll have one straight away. Yeah. And now they've got to try and flog it to the McCann type owners and I'm not sure it's going to be quite as easy. Good point. It's an expensive car. Yeah. You,
0: you can't maintain that, that, that so level of enthusiasm. 911,
1: So I, I don't think it's in doubt. I, I think the... Porsche has one of its very best men in charge, Frank Valliser, mm. I'm sure you know. Yeah. He's a bit of the star of the company. If they thought the 911 was um, on the way in itself, I don't think they'd have put their man mm-hmm. of that quality onto the project. And let's look into other areas of Porsche's activities. It's just invested heavily in the synthet- synthetic fuel company. Yes. Um, and I think that tells you everything you need to know about the internal combustion engine. Porsche feels, still feels there is a future in that technology, rightly so. Yeah. Um, the 911, I think, will inevitably have hybridity going forwards. Mm-hmm. But this is what's clever about their model adjustment. Every car company now has to meet an overall average of emissions. If every other car is electric, and, and we're hearing it will be, so mm. Boxster Cayman replacement, yep. electric. Macan, electric. Cayenne electric. Panamera electric. Well, will, does there need yeah, to be yeah, a Panamera yeah. when you've got a Taycan? I'm so not that's sure. A good point. It's slightly so, bigger, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that does leave space for them to build a sports car. And I think they will do that. And I, I really think the next ten years of the 911 could be even more exciting. You know, I hear rumours about what what is being planned, yeah. and it's pretty exciting. So, do you think? Because obviously, in 2030, you can't
0: sell any pure petrol and electric cars in the UK. So, when you walk into a Porsche dealership in 2035, what what, what does the 911 look like? Will they ever let it go pure electric, or do they? Is it sort of? Does it become this sort of unicorn that's only sold in
1: certain corners of the world with a combustion engine? What, what, what happens then? As a government, if you've made a commitment to banning the sale of the internal combustion engine based on the fact that they are net polluters, and then someone comes along with the technology and says, we can brew this liquid that you could put into a car and, and actually... We, we can prove that it's cleaner than making an electric car. You probably need to have a second look at the decision you've made. Do so you think there's time to turn the government's mind around? I don't think you t- I think if a technology emerged that meant that your decision was obsolete, you'd have to look at it again. And and the way that the world's changing so fast in all areas of our lives. If you'd said to me a year ago we'd be sitting here now having this conversation after the 12 months we just had I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. So I think retrospective Adjustments to political decisions are allowable. And I don't think politicians have to lose face. They just have to say, we didn't know that was possible. Yeah. And this synthetic fuel technology is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It does feel like a bit of a lifeline for, for, for petrol heads to continue enjoying these cars that are so, that feel quite attacked. No, that, I mean. Yes, it is. But let's be serious for a minute. It's not just that. It's not just Porsche saying, we think we've found a bit of kryptonite you can carry on using. It's Porsche saying, these car things aren't as evil as you think, yeah. and they do help people's lives. And if we can do this, we can solve all of the problems that you have with us putting this liquid into a load of reciprocating parts that produce power. Well, here's a bit
0: of a sort of philosophical tangent, I suppose, talking about the 9-11 in the future. Have we not already reached peak combustion engine 9-11? Because you know, how, how, how fast do you need to go in these cars? I'm worried that with, with a 911, you have to add more power, you have to add more um, electronic wizardry. Are we not just muffling
1: the fun, you know, peak? What I like about the, the new GT3, it unashamedly uses pretty much the same engine as the last GT3, yeah, yeah. And, and that in in times gone by would have been unacceptable to the consumer. It would have been, wow, I expect the new GT3 to have a new all singing, all dancing engine. It should have another 100 horsepower. It should move on and on and on. Yeah. saying. First of all, look at what we're dealing with politically. We, we can't be spending any more money sure, making sure. these engines and developing them. But also, why do we need more? Uh, the engine in the new car is very similar to the engine in, in the old car. It is one of the great driving experiences. It doesn't need to be any faster. You know, the average speed limit in Europe is somewhere around 75 miles an hour. Mm. You don't need to go much faster than you currently are. And it's wonderfully interactive, it sounds great, it's normally aspirated, one of the few car companies still making an engine like that. It's more than enough, it's brilliant. So what Porsche said is, have the old engine. We'll WLTP it. We'll do some other bits and bobs to it. But yeah. ultimately, we're future-proofing it against legislation. Manual gearbox. Manual gearbox. What we have done is we've we've given it double wishbone front suspension. Now, if you're if you're a geek like me, that's a massive change <laughs> for the 911 because its suspension at times has been a so little it's, bit compromised. It's sort of.
0: From now on, it's going to be those small tweaks. They'll isn't look at it? other areas. You know, five five hundred and fifty horsepower naturally aspirated engine. That's a sweet spot for track and road. It's a, the new
1: gd 3 is perfectly fast enough for yes. any lunatic.
0: You actually answered this question uh, in the current magazine that's on shelves now um, about your favourite GT 911s ever, for the benefit of the viewers back at home. Which is the one 911 you would save
1: and cherish forever if you could only drive one? It has to be normally aspirated because I, I like atmospheric engines. So that narrows it down to between either a current GT3 touring or a 997 GT3 RS, a 3.8 or a 4 litre makes no difference to me, one of those two, or weirdly, a second generation 996 GT3, because the steering in that car is just to die for. But I would say, if you want to park one up to remind yourself of what it used to be like, 997 GT3 RS, probably 3.8 actually for me.